Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Welcome to our online experience. We're so thankful that you're joining us today here at Rethink Life. We are just thankful that we have the opportunity to come to you through technology um, on a day that's so important. It's actually National Day of Prayer, and we're going to be spending some time in prayer. We're going to have a powerful um, worship set, and then pastor is going to bring an incredible word that's going to encourage your faith and just challenge you to stand strong during this time. So we're very, very excited about today that we have this opportunity to come into your home or wherever you might be, maybe be watching on a phone in your, in your car today. But we're thankful that you're watching. And it's not going to be a very long experience, but it is going to be like one of our worship services. So we're going to have every phase of that service for you today. So before we start and we press into worship, I just want to take a moment to pray with you. And let's just invite God to just to speak to our hearts today and just give us peace as our nation and as, as our world is facing something that we've never really even faced before in our lifetime. We're just going to ask God to do the miraculous. So let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to come uh, to into people's homes, into their life today, Father, just to bring your word, to bring your power, to bring, bring your truth, your peace, your joy, Father, through this experience. God, we just pray that you would use it in a powerful way. Father, I pray that you would just bring hope to people who need hope today, Father. We just, we're getting ready just to worship you, lift up your name, lift up the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you that we have this opportunity. God, we just pray for you to do the miraculous. Father, we pray for healing for our country, for our world. But God, we pray that we would trust you more than ever before. Thank you for again for this opportunity. God, may you be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let 
sin was great, your love was greater. Why could it separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. What a wonderful name it is, the name of
Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to this online experience. I'm so thankful and honored that you've chosen to worship with us today through this online experience. And I don't know about you, but the moment of worship that our team just let us in a few moments ago was amazing. I'm so proud of them and so thankful for our worship team and our production team that has been working around the clock just being able to make this happen. And they've done an amazing job. And it's so cool to know that technology allows us to be able to leverage these moments. And so even though we may not be able to physically be together. I know that in spirit we are together, and this is truly an opportunity to be the church. And so we don't have to be the church just uh, specifically inside of a church building. No, we are the church, and that simply means that because the Holy Spirit who lives and indwells inside of us as followers of Jesus Christ allows us to be the church now more than ever. As a matter of fact, I believe this statement to be true. A fearful world needs a fearless church. Amen. I am reminded of the verse of Scripture that Jesus told to his disciples. In fact, he told this to the Apostle Peter. He said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Man, if there was ever a time that we as a church needed to be the church to unify and to rally together during a time of crisis that we are facing as a nation, it's now. And so I am so thankful that our president has also declared today to be a national day of prayer. And so in just a few moments, I'm going to pray with us and for us. And um, unless you have been literally living under a rock on the backside of a desert, (laughs) you obviously are fully aware that we are facing some unusual times unlike perhaps any other time in history. I know I can say for myself, I've never encountered anything like this in my lifetime. And so when you think about what the president has done to declare this day a national day of prayer, it simply means that we need God to protect us, and we need God to intervene, and we need God to supernaturally bring healing and restoration to people all over this world because of this virus known as the coronavirus that is impacting significant lives all over the world. And so with that in mind, um, as always, prayer is never our last response. It is our first response. And so uh, what I want to do for just a moment is I just want to ask you to simply uh, just prepare your heart for a moment of prayer. And I'm going to lead you into a prayer in just a moment. I want to read a couple of verses of Scripture to you that has really ministered to me over the last few days. And one specific verse that I'm going to read to you really first is one that I would encourage you uh, to highlight, underscore in your Bible. It's something that you ought to keep with you at all times because this verse, in light of everything that we're facing, the, the concerns, the fear, the worry, the anxiety, the stress, the emotional stress, the weight that so many are carrying right now, 
this one verse found in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, I believe it will speak to, your, speak to your heart and bring comfort to your life. And here's what it says. The Apostle Paul said these words. He said, don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, and I love this, will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So rather than worry, we're going to turn our worry into worship. Rather than having a state of panic, we want to be in a state of prayer. And I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 91, verses 2 and 3. This I declare about the Lord. This is powerful. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue you from the trap and protect you from deadly diseases. And so with those two verses of Scripture, I just want to ask you, if you would, just to maybe just gather together. If you're, Maybe you're gathered with your small group, your life group. Maybe you're with your family. Maybe you're by yourself. But I just want to ask you, if you're with some friends or maybe your family, maybe your spouse, just grab somebody by the hand. And let's circle together, and let's join in prayer. So I'm going to invite you right where you are, uh, just to bow your head, close your eyes. And, of course, if you're driving down the road, please keep your eyes open, okay? And just be in a spirit of prayer with us. But I want to take a moment and pray. And uh, would you join me as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity. God, technology has given to us to be able to um, to come, Lord, just to come into the homes, uh, to come in through the computers and through the phones of people, to be able to to give hope and to give help, and Lord, just to reassure that you still are on the throne, God, that you are not confused by everything that we're facing today, but God, that you love us. And God, that you are our source of strength, that you are our mighty fortress, that you are our shield. And Father, that you and you alone, Father, are the one that we can cling to during these difficult and dark days. Father, we just want to pray right now for our world and all of those that are, um, unfortunately, Lord, that are battling um, just with this virus, Lord, that has already taken lives of so many people around the world, but others who are currently infected and those who are just trying to uh, overcome this sickness. Father, I just pray for them. I pray for healing. God, I pray for physical health and restoration. Lord, I also pray for our national and for our state and even our community leaders, God, as they are just trying to work work through the complexities of everything that is taking place. Father, we pray for our healthcare industry. Lord, we pray for the countless doctors and nurses and uh, Lord, those who are in the medical field that are just working around the clock. Lord, I just pray for strength. I pray for wisdom. God, I just pray for your guidance in every area of their lives, for resources to be plentiful, and that God, the medicine and the, the resources would get to the people at the appropriate times. Father, we also pray for those that are working around the clock to find vaccines and cures for the coronavirus. And not just the coronavirus, but even for other deadly 
diseases, Father. Lord, we just pray for your divine intervention in these situations, God, that you would heal us from sickness and diseases. Father, we also pray for the economic situation that's facing in our our country today. Lord, I know perhaps more than anything, this one thing is weighing most uh, heavily upon the people's minds and hearts, Lord, just the fear of what's going to happen with the future and the uncertainty with uh, the stock market and with job situations and with paychecks and with income. And Lord, we just know that, Lord, that we can worry and we can stew and we can fret. But Lord, rather than being in a state of panic, Lord, we are coming to you in prayer. And Lord, we just ask that you, Father, would guard our hearts and you would guard our minds through Christ Jesus as we live through this crisis. May we be victors. And God, may we be overcomers because we know that Jesus Christ overcame the grave. So we too are overcomers. So Father, today we just pray and we ask for your divine healing, your divine favor, your protection, and your guidance as we navigate through these difficult days. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, hey, I would wanna, just want to shift gears for just a few moments, and I would just want to simply uh, pick up where we've been as a church during the month of March. You know, we've been in a series called March Madness. <laughs> well, unfortunately, there's no March Madness this year as it pertains to basketball. Obviously, March Madness has been canceled, and there is no NBA for the rest of the season because it's been suspended. So rather than calling it March Madness, we've decided to call it coronavirus madness because that's truly what it is. I don't know that I've ever seen anything that has created more paranoia, pandemonium, chaos, worry um, over something that obviously has affected the entire world and impacted so many people's lives. And obviously, I don't take that lightly by no means, but I am simply stating the fact that I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like this because obviously there are physical concerns. I mean, many people are concerned just being out in public places. That's the reason why we're not gathering t- today physically in our, uh, at the high school where we typically meet uh, there at Lake Nona High School. But as a result, people are literally cleaning out the, the shelves at the grocery stores, trying to get everything they can. As a matter of fact, uh, sanitary you know, wipes and hand gels, nowhere to even be found. Um, I mean, who in the world would have ever thought toilet paper would be a precious commodity? I mean, it's incredible the, the great links that people are taking just to protect themselves. And, and obviously for many, they're, they're feeling in many ways restricted because they can't get out. They can't do things that they had planned on doing. And obviously work has been restricted. So all of these things bring great, great concern, and they should. But I believe perhaps more than anything, there's a tremendous negative effect that has happened in many people's lives emotionally. As a matter of fact, there's, there is somewhat of a sense of paranoia. And I just want to say this, because when you think about the subject of paranoia, I think, if anything, it's because of the unknown. 
a lot of people don't even know what to expect because we've never seen anything like this. And so because of the fear of the unknown, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We really don't know how long we're going to be restricted in in the way that we have been restricted. Our lifestyle, what we typically do, has been radically changed. And so therefore, it weighs very heavily upon so many of us simply because of the uncontrollable situations and circumstances. So here's what I want to just remind you with today. And this is a, a word that God has given to me to to simply share with you, and that is this. Faith is not a, faith is a reaction. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Fear is a reaction, but faith is a decision. Let me repeat that. Fear is a reaction, but faith is a decision. We can either let our faith break us down, or we can use, we can use, we can allow, we can either let our fear break us down, or we can allow our faith to build us up. And that's my prayer today, is that you allow your faith to build you up during these fearful and stressful times. Let me just say this as well. Anytime that you are going through a time of fear or worry or anxiety, let me just share a word with you that you may not be aware of. It's the word phobia. It's a Greek word that actually is where we get our word fear. And so when you think about fear, here's what's interesting. The dictionary has over 700 different kinds of definitions when it comes to phobias. As a matter of fact, there is a fear known as the uh, acrophobia, which is the fear of high places. There's the claustrophobia, which is the fear of tight closed in places. There's the agoraphobia, which is the fear of open places and crowds. There is the ergophobia, which is the fear of work. Now, I believe a lot of people might be infected with that one. And then there's the phobophobia. You know what that is? That simply means a lot of people have fear of fear. That's a little odd. But here's the truth. The truth is, is that all of us fear Something For many of us, we simply fear the fear of rejection. Therefore, for a lot of people, they, they, they have that concern. If somebody discovers the real me, then if they really find out who I truly am, then they're going to reject me. And therefore, a lot of people become people pleasers. Why? Because they have the fear of rejection. A lot of people, they have the fear of the future. It's that fear of the unknown. They're afraid of how things might turn out. And that's exactly what I believe many people are facing right now more than ever is the fear of the future. It's the fear of failure that many people struggle with. Why? Because they're afraid to take risk. Many people have a fear of commitment. They've been burned. They've been hurt in the past. Therefore, they just, they just are neutral. They don't want to commit to anything or perhaps anyone. A lot of people have the fear of letting go. In other words, they're afraid of losing control. And so when you think about all of the fears that we have, and we all have them, I have them, you have them, we all have them, I believe it's also one of the reasons why God put in his word 365 fear knots. You know why that's so important to us? It simply is a reminder that every single day of our lives, 365 days a year, we can stand on the fear knots, the promises of God. So today, I just want to encourage you with that. And I want to remind you that God is with us and he is 
for us. And if God is for us, then who in the world can be against us? So when you think about fear, why is fear such a negative impact on people's lives? Well, I think there's four reasons, and I just want to hit these real quick. Number one, simply is because fear is what paralyzes our potential. In other words, it's what limits our overall effectiveness. A lot of people, unfortunately, are paralyzed by their fear. It's exactly what happened to the people of Israel. The people of Israel, remember, they wandered in the wilderness for some 40 years, and they were only just a, a few days away from entering into the promised land, but yet it was the, it was the, it was the fear that paralyzed their potential. As a matter of fact, the same thing happened with the disciples after Jesus was crucified. You remember the disciples scatters. In fact, some of them went and hid, locked themselves up in a room, and as a result, they were afraid. They were paralyzed in fear. So that's what it does. It kind of is like a self-imposed prison. It paralyzes our potential. Fear also ruins relationships. In fact, you may not know this, but fear is actually man's oldest problem. In fact, if you remember in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 3, verse 10, Adam said what? He said, I was afraid, so I hid from you. You know, it's crazy when you think about how fear ruins relationships. Fear is the very thing that sometimes forces us to pretend to be something that we're really not. And so fear not only paralyzes our potential and it ruins relationships, but it also hinders our happiness. You ever find yourself just feeling overwhelmed and even worn out physically and emotionally because of the worries and the concerns that you really don't have any control over? What does it do? It, it, it robs your joy. You simply lose your happiness. And, the, and that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to ultimately weaken you to the point to where you lose your joy. That's why the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so when you think about what fear does is it robs us, it hinders us from our happiness. And then the fourth thing it does is it sabotages our success. In fact, in the book of Job, Job 3 verse 25, it even says that we can be guilty of our own self-inflicted prophecies or self-fulfilled prophecies. In other words, the things that we actually speak against our own wishes and hopes and desires. And so when you think about that, Fear causes people to quit before they even get started in a lot of things in their lives. And so it causes people to throw in the towel on their hopes and their dreams and their aspirations. And so fear has a profound negative effect. And that's exactly what is happening right now in so many people's lives. And I'll be candid with you. You know, in the last few days, even in my own life, you know, I've been questioning a lot of things, even just as it relates to our church. Easter is just a few weeks away. And here we are as a staff and as a team. We've been planning and strategically putting our things in motion. We, we've been looking forward to, to literally just pushing the gas pedal, getting ramped up for one of the most exciting times of the year, and that is Resurrection Day, Easter Sunday, a time when we ought to be really ramping up, but in the process, we're having to adjust. We're having to pull back. We're having to put things on hold, and that's where so many of us are today. And it's because of the fear of the unknown of what, holds, what, what tomorrow holds is causing a lot of people to worry, to have anxious thoughts, and to be paralyzed by the fear of everything that's going on that, honestly, we don't have any control over. We may not know what tomorrow holds, but aren't you thankful that today we know who holds 
tomorrow, and that's God. And so today, I want to share with you something that I think is going to bring hope and healing to your life. And I'm going to get through this just very quickly. But this one verse of Scripture, I think, has the power to change and to transform our lives. And ultimately, rather than perhaps allowing our lives to be paralyzed by fear, rather than allowing our lives to be dominated by fear, I think we can be delivered by a spirit of faith. And I want to read this verse of Scripture to you. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. And so there are three, three words. Three words. Write these down. He's given us power. He's given us love. And he's given us a sound mind. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear or timidity in some translations, but no of power and love and a sound mind. Those three words are the antidotes to overcoming fear in your life, to replacing fear with faith. And so let's look what a spirit of faith does to our lives. The first thing it does, it equips us with power. I love what Acts 1.8 says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know Jesus as your Savior. You need to understand something. The moment you became a Christian, the Spirit of the living God came to live and dwell inside of your heart. And the same Spirit that lives in you, the same Spirit that comes upon you, is the same Spirit that empowers you when it comes to those things that come against you. And so today, you just need to remind, be reminded that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but instead, He's given us a spirit of power. When we stand in faith, He equips us with power. I love what 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says. He says, You belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory because of the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Isn't that awesome? To know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so I just want to say this to you today, that today God's spirit lives and dwells inside of you. And so rather than focusing on the circumstances and focusing on the things that you can't control, what we need to do is focus on the power of God that lives inside of us, that empowers us when we feel weak and feel vulnerable, when we feel like we can't control things. Well, guess what? We serve a God who is in control, and he lives inside of you. And he wants to replace your fear with faith. And so today, be encouraged. You know why? Because here's what the scripture says in Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Remember when Peter was walking on the water and Jesus called him out of the boat. And Jesus, excuse me, Peter stepped out of the boat, walked towards Jesus, physically walking on the water, supernaturally walking on the water. You know why he was able to do that? Because Jesus Christ equipped him with the supernatural power, power to do something he couldn't do in the natural. But the moment he took his eyes off of Jesus, the source of power, and he put his eyes on the water and the circumstances around him, what happened? He began to sink. And that's exactly what's happening with a lot of people right now. They're sinking in fear and worry and anxiety. They're fretting about the things they can't control. And they're focusing on those things rather than focusing on the power that is within us and focusing 
on Jesus himself. Let me just say this. When it comes to tapping into the power, my son Luke, many years ago when he was a, a little boy, had a little toy computer. And I'll never forget one evening as he was in his, uh, actually we were in my daughter's room and my little boy, uh, Luke at the time, my, my son Luke, he was um, about four or five years of age and he was playing with a little toy computer. And at the end of the computer, he had his little power adapter and he would plug it into the back of the adapter. And then the other side of the, of the cord was the plug that he would, uh, you know, plug into the wall, into the, into the jack, the power, the, the, into the, um, the plug. And so what would happen was is that whenever he would go over to the wall and plug in that, that part of the cord into the wall, it would pull the other part out of the back of the computer. And so what he would do is he would go over to the computer and he would plug into the back of his computer that end of the, the end of the cord. But yet when he did that, it pulled the plug out from the wall. And so he did this little routine about four or five times. And it became honestly very funny as we were watching him frantically trying to see what was happening and why he couldn't get the thing connected. And as we began to see what he was doing and see how hard he was working, literally right there within just a few inches away was myself and my wife, Michelle. All he had to do was look up to us and ask for help. But he was trying to do it on his own. And as a result, he couldn't figure it out. And I'm convinced that's what a lot of people are trying to do during this time as they're facing a crisis they're trying to figure it all out rather than plugging into the power source, allowing the power of God to work in us and through us so that we can be victorious and guarding our mind and guarding our hearts and living victorious through these difficult and uncertain times. The second thing living with the spirit of faith does is it not only equips us with power, but it also enriches us with love. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, it says these words. We need, we, we, we need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. His perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for the fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. Let me tell you what I used to think that verse actually meant. I used to think that that verse meant that if I love God perfectly, then that simply means that he would love me back with perfect love. But that's not what that verse means. What that actually means is this. Because God loves me with a perfect love, that simply means that I can live my life with peace, knowing that no matter what I do or how much I fall short of God's expectations, he loves me with a perfect kind of love. Now, aren't you thankful that even though we live in, a, in, a, in, a, in an imperfect world, we serve a God who is a perfect God. And he loves us with a perfect kind of love. And that's the reason why I believe now more than ever as a church, we ought to show and we ought to demonstrate that perfect kind of love. The kind of perfect love that God's talking about to our community to our friends, to our co-workers, and to our family, to our neighbors, unlike ever before. And that's the reason why 
on April the 4th, we're actually going to do something. Uh, we're going to do something called I Love My City Serve Day. And as we prepare for Easter, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go out into the community, the community that we love. We're going to go out. We're just going to simply show and share the perfect love of Jesus to those that desperately need it. And so we're going to go out where the people are, and we're going to serve them. And so if you want to go to our website at rethinklife.com backslash serve, I want to encourage you to go ahead and sign up and join us on that day for I Love My City Serve Day. And all the information there is on our website. And so when you understand God's perfect love for our lives, what does it do? It banishes all fear. That's what love does. It dispels fear and replaces our fear with faith. Why? Because we serve a God who loves us with a perfect kind of love. The third thing that living with a spirit of faith does, also it enlightens us with a sound mind. So once again, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but instead he's what? He's given us power, he's given us love, and he's given us a sound mind. That simply means that today we don't, allow, we don't have to allow the enemy to confuse us. We don't have to allow the enemy to sabotage our thoughts. We don't have to allow the enemy to keep speaking lies into us anymore. Instead, we can replace those lies with the truth of God's word. In fact, here's what that word um, sound mind actually means. It means that God has given us discipline, self-control, and a discerning spirit or wise discretion. So when you think about it, what does the enemy do? The enemy wants to provoke fear. The enemy wants to come and he wants to create confusion. The enemy wants to create a illusion, if you will, to where we are believing a lie rather than believing the truth. And I believe in many ways, and I'm not here to bash the media by any means, but let me just say this. If you sit and you listen for hours, the negative news that is being placed in front of us, when you hear the hysteria, when you hear all the negativity, when you listen to all the things that are happening, when you begin to internalize those things, here's what begins to happen. What begins to happen is that oftentimes those things become truth in our minds. But here's the problem. The problem is, is that fear always distorts our perception of reality. And so what we got to do is we got to understand that the word fear simply means false evidence appearing real. And so we got to replace fear with a spirit of faith. And how do we do that? With the word of God. At the beginning of March, I introduced during our March Madness series with our entire church family, I introduced everyone to a 30-day reading plan. And since today is March the 15th, let me encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to do so, now would be a perfect time for you to take that challenge, a 30-day challenge, and do a walk with Jesus experience, a 30-day reading plan that's on our website. And you can simply go and, 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 and download that. It would be a wonderful experience to prepare your heart and to prepare your mind as you begin leading into this season of Lent and preparing our hearts for Easter, because that's really where our focus should be. Our focus needs to be on truth. Our focus needs to be on the promises of God. 
Our focus needs to be on the reminders that Jesus Christ is alive. He's, a, he's, he's, he's risen from the grave, and he's an overcomer. Therefore, we too are overcomers. So let me encourage you. John 8.32 says it this way, and I'll conclude with this. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Free from what? Free from stress, free from worry, free from fear. And as a result, when we replace our fear with the spirit of faith, what does God do? He allows us to have power. He allows us to have love. And he allows us to be able to live with a sound mind. But we can make wise decisions during these difficult and chaotic days. So during this time, let me just encourage you. Listen, keep pressing in. Listen, keep reading God's word. Take that 30-day challenge. Continue to meet in your life groups because we need comfort. We need prayer with our friends, with our, with our other brothers and sisters in Christ. So I want, to, I want to encourage you to keep meeting in your life groups because we need that constant prayer and support. I also want to encourage you to keep praying and keep believing. Let's just pray for God to take, listen, what the enemy wants to use for evil. Let's ask God to turn it all around for the greater good. Amen. And during this season, man, now more than ever, let's allow God's light to shine bolder and more radiant, more beautiful than ever before. And so I just want to conclude today by asking you, if you would, to bow your heads and close your eyes in a moment of prayer. And as we bow our heads in this moment of prayer, just every head bowed, every eye closed for just a moment. I just want to say that if you have never put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, I can't think of a greater moment than right now to put your faith and your trust in Him. You say, well, how do I do that? It's very simple. Jesus, excuse me, the Bible says in Romans 10, 13, for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so right where you are, right there in your home, wherever you might be, you can call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. The only way we get to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, right where you are, can I just invite you to pray this prayer in your heart? If you want to know Jesus as your Savior, you can repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner. Turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross, and you arose again just for me. And today, by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, let me ask you to do me a favor. You just prayed that prayer just then. As every eye is just looking right here at this, at, the, at your computer screen or your TV set, wherever you are, here's what I want to ask you to do. I want you to text these words. I want you to text R-T-L SAVED, that's R-T-L-S-A-V-E-D, to the number 97,000. That's R-T-L SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to the number 97,000. I would love to know that you made life's greatest decision by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you've already made that decision in your heart. And maybe you have found yourself over these last few days of saying, you know, I've been, I've been allowing fear to overwhelm me and fear to take over my thoughts and my heart. 
Can I just encourage you to replace those fearful thoughts with the truth of God's Word? Remember, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything through prayer. Hey, take your worries and turn them into worship. I want you to know I love each of you. We're going to be taking uh, each day and each week, obviously, um, just as as, as kind of as a as a as a time of just uh, regrouping. And as soon as we get clearance, as soon as our governor uh, lifts the um, really the restrictions of, of the public gatherings, as soon as we can start gathering again, again, we're going to obviously uh, regroup. In fact, as as we speak today, uh, we are anticipating having the opportunity to worship next Sunday on the 22nd. But here's what I need you to do. I need you to be following us on our social media platforms. Make sure you go to our website. We will be keeping you up to date on everything going on. And I want to conclude by saying this final word, and that is let's be faithful in our giving. As a matter of fact, uh, you can text. The, uh, here's what you can do. You can t- simply text any amount, okay? So if you desire uh, to continue to be faithful with your tithe and your offering and you want to do so in a digital way, all you have to do is simply text any amount to this number. And it's 407-413-8044. That's 407-413-8044. And you can text any amount to that number. You can also give online. You can give through our app. Those are easy, safe, and convenient ways. And this may be an opportunity for you. If you've never given, maybe in a recurring way, this is an opportunity for you to help the church be strong during these times as well by giving, by setting up recurring gifts. That's what my wife Michelle and I do. 30% of our church gives through recurring giving. And I'm praying that maybe God will use this season in our lives to maybe make this more of a priority and to really be faithful and more consistent in our giving. And and I know sometimes during these difficult days, um, sometimes we'll say, well, I'm I'm afraid to give because I don't know what what I'm going to be able to do. Well, let's just do this. Let's just walk by faith rather than by sight. Throughout these days, let's trust God to be God in our lives. Listen, when we are faithful in the little things, God always protects us and provides for us in return. So let's be prayerful, let's be generous, and let's do all that we can to show the light of Jesus Christ to those around us during these difficult days. I love you. I can't wait to gather and regroup with you in person very, very soon. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.